Fox and Fallon episode 26 of the podcast, week four of the NFL. We had a matchup of a couple of NFC powerhouses last night on Thursday Night Football. The Eagles prevailing over the Packers. Exposed some serious play calling deficiencies, Tanya, with Matt LaFleur. You couldn't seem to figure out that RPOs don't really work so well for Aaron Rodgers in second and goal situations here, Tanya. This is true, Corny. You you can take Mike McCarthy out of Green Bay, but the ghosts of his infuriating late fourth quarter coaching decisions... They remain. (laughs) Yeah, we're not going to rehash that Philadelphia victory. Hell no. Especially since, you know, there's a lot of Patriots haters that live in You know what I like to say in that? I like to do my best Herb Brooks impression in that case. Not tonight. Not tonight. Tonight. But that was one of the funniest things that I woke up to on a Monday morning was the Eagles fan that went viral. Catching babies out of a burning building. Yeah, my man's just throwing babies out of a building. I was catching them. I was catching them. Unlike Unlike Nelson Aguilar. (laughs) Philly fans are fucking crazy. Excellent work. Okay, all right. So on today's podcast, Melvin Gordon's holdout finally over, having to pay almost $2 million in fines. Tanya, some people gamble on themselves. Sometimes they win. (laughs) Sometimes they lose. And other times you lose the brink bank. Yeah, it, the brink truck. Like, is, literally, it, it's gone. It came, it, 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 it pulled in his driveway, <laughs> and then slowly started backing out, and he just started chasing it too late. It Reminds <laughs> me of, like, every time I get my tax return. Yeah. It's, it's like, good. hello, tax return. Goodbye, tax return. Yeah. Not good for not for, good for the state of running backs in this league trying to get new contracts. Courtney, what else we have going on? All right. We got a little um undefeated matchup this weekend. Woo! The hype that's going around the talk circuit is Patriots and Bills. Could this be the game of the week, the year, the month of October? The Patriots facing the undefeated Bills. A matchup of <laughs> the two undefeated, di- Bills. undefeated Bills, man. A natural, unnatural phrase coming out of uh, the mouth. It, man. Doesn't, it doesn't quite roll off the tongue. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> man. Josh Allen front and center, but that Buffalo defense, I don't know. The numbers are pretty similar here. Yeah. And, you know, some reports out of Boston is saying that this could be one of the Patriots' first losses. And a final topic for today, Court. It looks like we might be hitting on some uh, Drew Bledsoe throwback. Yeah. Speaking of AFC East matchups and divisions, how about a little, like, name Mo Lewis when he came in and sidelined Drew Bledsoe basically for the rest of his career? It's the Drew Bledsoe-Tom Brady backup quarterback situation. Are the backup quarterbacks... Stepping in for injured starters, which one of these situations, and we will mention a few, there's one out in Carolina that's going on right now, Kyle Allen, Cam Newton, which one of those quarterbacks is poised to take over as the future franchise quarterback of their team? Yeah, we'll be breaking that down. It, you know, it, it's not as clear-cut as it might seem. Uh, we also, gimmicks of rants, we got a good one this week. You and I both agree. Reports on the reporters. Yeah. Or something like that. Reports we'll on the reporters? Some... I mean, like, do you agree with Bill Belichick yeah. harassing What reporters? did Bill Belichick do this time? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I don't fucking know. I mean, exactly. All right, let's get right into it. Uh, kicking it off, Melvin Gordon, as you mentioned, his holdout is over. He is poised to potentially play in week four. And he is looking at paying about a million and a half in fines. The Chargers did him a favor because he owed them way more than that. It was like 2.2 or, yeah, it was it was around it was around 3 million. So, well, no, I, th- I think actually what it was, so I, I have it right here. He was subjected to $1.2 million worth of fines and he lost out on almost a million dollars worth of base salary, missing the first three games. So essentially when all is said and done, the Chargers cut his fines in half. He'll have to pay about 1.5. 
essentially have lost 1.5 million. Yeah. So Courtney, my question here is we have Le'Veon Bell losing $15 million last season with the Steelers by not staying and playing under the franchise tag. He gets less than he wanted from the Jets. Melvin Gordon holds out through week three and returns with his tail between his legs and $1.5 million out of his pocket. Had it not been for the generosity of the Chargers, it would have been closer to two. And now Saquon Barkley is injured just as the offense started clicking with Daniel Jones. Is the free agent running back market officially tanking? Because these guys aren't going to get any of the money they want unless they play for Jerry Jones. And even then, I think we can all assume that they, you know, we, we can agree that they don't have the same resume as Zeke. Yeah. So... We have Zeke getting paid with the Cowboys where everybody gets paid and everybody else is scrambling. Is this the, are we watching the demise of the franchise running back? I I, know. I, I I think I agree with that sentiment. You look at, you want powerhouse, fast paced football, high scoring games, offenses with guys like Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes. It's switching more to a wide receiver market and the need for a every down running back is not really used anymore so much in the NFL. And I think that there's a lot of guys, I don't know, like Darren Sproles is still in the league. He's what, 37 years old. Yeah. Frank Gore is still in the league. I mean, those are not every down backs no. anymore. And so I think that a lot of these guys, especially running backs, I'm sure that deep down in his, you know, cold Oakland heart that Marshawn Lynch would probably still want to be in the league right now. These guys want to have longer careers in the NFL. And there's ways in an NFL offense to keep them there for their desired time. And But, I mean, listen, that's the means that they're not going to get the money that they're owed. I think that that's something that running backs need to just come to grips with. Because when I went to the Chargers-Rams joint practice in early August, August 3rd, and this was all the buzz. And, you know, a couple of my agent friends that I went there with were like, yo, he's screwed. He has no leverage. He's this. And, like, it's true. You know, the Chargers basically called Melvin Gordon's bluff, bailed out on him, and they replaced him with Austin Eckler, who had more yards per carry than Melvin Gordon did last season. I know that's on a smaller scale, but, like, functionality over everything. Right, and when you have a wide receiver like Keenan Allen step up and have a couple couple of the games of his career, and you see what players like Tyreek Hill and some of these guys have done over the league with transforming their offenses, you know... All of a sudden, Melvin Gordon's out, and and all they've done is just replace him with a wide receiver. Worst case scenario, not good. And like you said, Austin Eckler also very good at catching the ball. And then up in up in Minnesota, where Dalvin Cook is running the offense, you know you can see all right. Well, this guy's he's super valuable. Maybe this is maybe this is a guy who's going to make the conversation worth it. You know, while while Saquon's out. But the fact of the matter is, nobody watches that offense and sees a team that can win a championship because you can't win with just a running back and Kirk Cousins not being able to throw the ball is that's you know that is going to eventually bite them in the ass and that's the problem is you look at in Dallas and you think well could Dak be okay without Zeke and it's starting to look like actually he probably could yeah yeah and yeah Zeke's gotten paid and that's great and he deserved it but like none of these things are doing players like Melvin Gordon any good meanwhile in New York where Le'Veon Bell could be an absolute workhorse right now for the Jets who are down to their 95th quarterback option. Yeah. He's done nothing. Yeah. So, you know, talk a lot of talk, but they're not walking the walk. I mean, it's simply not a league where you can just have a running back anymore. Even Saquon got hurt in the last game and Daniel Jones had the game of his life and they won. Yeah. I mean, this is what we're looking at now. So 
uh, you know, Melvin Gordon is one of, he's just the first chip to fall, I think. Yeah, I, I think functionality of, of the need for better offensive-minded coaches, you know, in situations like that where, you know, the Giants are fighting for their regular season lives here with Daniel Jones coming in, and, you know, somehow they figured out a play-calling scheme that was able to let them win the game without their stud running back. I mean, right. that's the reason that the Chargers are, were losing games. The, the reason they lost that game in Detroit a couple of weeks ago was because I, they had no wide receivers. Like, two of their main guys were out, and Keenan Allen was the only option. Right. And Austin Eckler. I mean, yeah, exactly. And especially since talking about what's going on in, in Cleveland right now with Freddie Kitchens, I know we're kind of moving on to another topic here, but, like, if Freddie Kitchens wasn't calling plays in Cleveland, they would be a lot better. Baker Mayfield wouldn't have so much flack on him right now because yeah. his coach doesn't suck. At the end of the day, this is the last running back holdout we're going to see for a long time. Yeah. That, that's all I'm. I think that that's what we can come to the conclusion is this isn't going to keep lasting. Moving on, court biggest game of the week. Biggest game of the season for the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> it absolutely, dude. It actually, I know, I know. We we talk about Barstool a lot, um, but and then you just, you dislike. I I no, I like. I dislike. Okay, <laughs> okay you dislike a certain certain someone. people. <laughs> yeah, a certain someone. Um, there was a video that of the guy of a Buffalo Bills fan, and I know that you saw this, like lighting a firework out of a oh, tube yes. on the sidewalk, and literally his face almost blew off. Like, I, I was just it was like, horrifying. it was horrifying. I just was like, oh my God, I don't want to see it. Prez messaged him. He goes, oh, Jesus Christ. He's like, is he okay? He goes, can I post this? He's okay. And he goes, the Bills fan goes, we're three and oh, he'll be fine. I like, saw that. Yeah. Oh I mean, that's just the, the, the mood in Buffalo. This is probably the biggest game for them in a very long time. Tom Brady, 30 and oh against the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> no, he's not 30 and oh. Oh, he's 30 and oh in Buffalo. This has the opportunity to be the biggest game in Buffalo since they lost four straight Super Bowls <laughs> back in the 90s. Um, back in the 90s. Some people are saying that really this is the matchup and the divisional showdown of the year. And they're right, because if the Bills win this game, they will have the tiebreak over the Patriots. Possibly having an inside track in the playoffs over New England, which is kind of scary. But uh, Dan Hansis... My former co-worker at NFL Network had some very interesting things to say about this matchup of two 3-0 teams this weekend. So obviously that's not the last time the Bills were in the playoffs, but it was the last playoff game in Buffalo, and they lost that game by three points, Court. Jim yep. Kelly was the starting QB for the Bills, Mark Brunel for the Jaguars. Those were He was real back in the day, but this game has all the makings of a game full of defensive brilliance. The Patriots' defense is the first in the Super Bowl era. To not allow a touchdown in its first three games of the season. Devin McCourty, three straight games with an interception. Unbelievable. My friend, balling on a budget. Balling on a budget. I know, but I just like saying that. I don't know. Balling sure. on a budget is one of my favorite things to say. It's a really incredible thing to think because you know that their, their, their competition mm -hmm. has been great, but it's the first time it's ever happened in NFL history. And then, you know, perhaps even more mind-blowing, it's been 17 quarters so since that winning coin flip in Kansas City in the AFC Championship game, since the Patriots' defense allowed a touchdown. Wow. That was the last time they allowed a touchdown. So they played through a full Super Bowl, an overtime and AFC Championship game, a full Super Bowl, and three regular season games, and we still have not seen them allow a touchdown. It's incredible. So, yeah, as crazy as it sounds, Kansas might be right. If they win this game court, the Bills lead the AFC East, as you mentioned. 
they had the temporary tiebreaker over the Pats. Now, I don't, I don't think anyone thinks it's going to come to that. You know, in the end, I think everybody believes the Patriots will win the the East. Yeah. I mean, think about this. <laughs> you got to think. This is how big of a deal this is in Buffalo, okay? The most QB wins in Buffalo since 2001, the quarterback with the most wins in Buffalo, Courtney, is Tom Brady. Tom Brady has Wait. the most wins by any quarterback to play in Buffalo. Oh, 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 oh more, I understand. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> more than other Buffalo Bills. There isn't a single Buffalo Bills quarterback that has 15 wins. Yeah. Tom Brady has 15. After that, Courtney, you know who's second? Who? Drew Bledsoe. Oh. Has 14 wins in Buffalo since 2001. He's been retired. Yeah. <laughs> for a very long wow. time. Wow. And then the first... Buffalo Bill to show up on this list is Tyrod Taylor. So this is just giving you an idea of what they've been dealing with. Now, the Patriots have owned the Bills for a long time, but the Bills now have an elite defense of their own. They have great coaching and a serviceable QB in Josh Allen. Serviceable QB. I loved yeah. pulling up this article on buffalobills.com, and they were like, Josh Allen is making headway for the Buffalo Bills with an 8-6 and six total record. Huge eight and six. That is that is impressive, my friend. It really is impressive. So you know, my question to you is what? I mean, could the energy of all of this and all of the momentum that they have propel them to their first win against the Patriots in eight years since 2011? Is this their time, Courtney? Wow, the energy of this. I love how you just gave it a nice little spiritual touch. Always. Like, you're giving the magical fairy dust over the Buffalo Bills. Maybe I staged New Era Stadium. (laughs) This is going to be a great defensive battle. I think the Patriots are going to pull this one out. I think Bill is saving his nickels and dimes and tricks. Okay. I like what you did there. Nickels and dimes. Nickels and dimes. You like that? Because the Patriots are the best in the NFL uh, with 5.19 yards per attempt giving up. Right. Um, yeah, they're they, It is a no-fly zone. Now, listen, the yeah. Bills are pretty close. They're third on that list with 5.5. Um, but they're still not going to allow any touchdowns to Josh Allen. I mean, I, I think that there's enough film at this point on this kid that they're going to be able to lock that down in secondary. I mean, listen, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be an impressive matchup between two teams. Um, I don't think that there is any defense that is going to completely defunct Tom Brady, sure. especially not in an environment like Buffalo. I don't think that that is a place that um, scares a future Hall of Famer like Brady. So, um, I, I mean, I, listen, I really like looking up at the numbers in this matchup. I mean, they're pretty. Yeah. They're pretty evenly dealt, and I I like kind of the pundits and the experts stepping back and saying, giving credit where credit is due. I think that they deserve it. The AFC is so weak this year, Mm -hmm. you know, thanks to our little Melvin Gordon Chargers holdout. The Chargers suck. They're one and two. I mean, who in the... Who in the AFC even can even compete with the Patriots besides the Chiefs? Yeah, I mean, maybe and the, the Ravens. Ravens? Maybe. That's it. Maybe that's it. Right. Yeah. And I mean, like, I don't <sighs> listen. A good defense beats a good offense any day. I don't need to. I don't need to sit here and say that I'm a football expert to say that. But I just um... no. But you're. I mean, you're. That's the perfect point, right? Is that this has all the makings of a Super Bowl type game, a Super Bowl Fifty Three type game where. If two defenses are playing really, really well, all you need is one or two great plays from the better offense to yep. win the game. And yeah, and let's that's going to be I mean, even with even if Julian Edelman doesn't play in this game, they still have the better offense. And even if 
there are hands in Tom Brady's face all day, which there probably will be at the end of the day. The, Josh Allen is not the kind of guy that's going to run the two-minute drill at the end of a game and win it for them. He is serviceable. He has been probably exceeded expectations. And he has one or two sort of spectacular plays in him every game. But when it comes down to it, Belichick has owned this team up and down Broadway. And I think that when you arrive at that fourth quarter, if it's tied, if it's low scoring, that's when you start to see the champions rise. You know, you let the, yeah. the cream rises to the top. Wow, you so. should be writing for NFL films. That sounds so poetic. <sighs> I just, I gotta, I gotta tell you, I mean, if the bill, for the Bills to have any chance in this game, they, they need to be rushing four on Brady because any team oh, that, any team that rushes five, six or seven against Brady or tries to get, he's so good against the Blitz. Yeah. I, I, I'm hoping, I'm giving credit. I'm just, hey, psst, Sean McDermott, make sure you don't rush more than four guys at Brady because yeah, I mean, he, he, he has the talent. At he is so good against the blitz. He's so yeah. good against. No, the blitz. but I mean, even the Bills, the Bills have enough of a pass rush that they don't need to blitz. They have the ta- the guys that are quick enough off the edge that they can get at Brady. You have the one or two guys that just make him feel pressure, yeah. make him feel uncomfortable in the pocket. That's all you need. We've talked about this before. You don't need to hit Brady. No. All you need to do is be in his face yep. over and over and over again. And if they can do that, they have a chance. We've seen the Bills blow some weird wins in the past. Yes, it's usually not in Buffalo. Uh, obviously, for whatever reason, as you mentioned, the the energy in Buffalo can be a little funky. They Their last two wins have been in New England yep. against the Patriots. Yeah. So, uh, you know, to some extent, they almost have to overcome their own demons um, playing at home, which sounds crazy because the Buffalo fans are so, so ardent and really passionate, but it can get a little rowdy. You know, we don't need dildos on the field. Uh, there will there will be a dildo on the field. <laughs> and it, and it I just happen. will never forget because one of the vi- the videos that I did with uh, with Fitzy, the YouTube serious shit, shit Pats fans say, yes. from last year, mm-hmm. at the bye week, the Patriots were struggling. They lost that game in Detroit. They lost... The game to oh, the, Titans. Uh, the, the Titans, yeah, they, they lost. lost the Jags. Yeah, no, they they yeah. yeah. So there was like they were just in one of the clips. Fitzy was like a dildo reached the end zone in <laughs> Buffalo before the Patriots did, and it was so it was one of those burst out laughing moments. Yeah, but because no, it's fucking awesome. true, it's just so funny. Yeah, yeah, no. And so I mean, the moral of the story is, Courtney. I think we've both arrived at the same conclusion yeah. that. Uh, Never, you never write off a divisional rival, but the Patriots look like they're still the better team. Uh, in the end, they're just running up on maybe one of the best Pats defenses since 2003. So, yeah, you, know, you, Pats you de- take Pats you take defenses and offenses. I mean, geez, you take your lumps when, when you get them. Uh, Courtney, yes, back up quarterbacks coming in hot. In week three. Coming in hot, my favorite term. Next to balling on a budget. We had four four backups make a mark in week three as they stepped in for injured starters. We're not counting the Jets because they're the Jets and we're not doing that. When is Sam Darnold coming back from his kissing disease? 2021. I I mean, (laughs) it's unbelievable. So week three was the week of the backups. Mason Rudolph's start was good. Not great, but good in a game the Steelers could have won against the turnover-happy 49ers. 49ers turned the ball over five times, somehow still win the game. But, you know, oh my God. Mason Rudolph had him in it. Teddy Bridgewater stepped in, and he was efficient in a big Saints win in Seattle. I knew that they were going to win that game. Yeah, they were, they yeah. were like nine-point underdogs in that game. And I yeah. was like, for some reason. Huge road win. I Yeah, no, I, I just, for some reason, I wanted 
I told my friend who, you know, yeah, the, was big on the gambling. Yeah, I told him he, he didn't believe me. He, yeah. gave, he didn't believe me. It's a huge call. It was a, it yeah. was a big win for them. As we know, Daniel Jones shoveled the last pile of dirt onto the grave of Eli Manning's Giants career. Yep, that was awesome. I was watching that game, and I really, I, I, I screamed out loud yeah. when the when the Red Sea parted. <laughs> it was crazy. And he ran, and I was like, oh, my God! I'm actually screaming. Yeah. I was actually screaming right where you're sitting. Yeah. 19.6 miles per hour that man ran. I Like, a, a true Was athlete. it really? Oh, he ran one of the fastest runs of a, of a quarterback this season. It was I'm incredible. I'm so amazed when they do that. I'm yeah. like, I'm like, I don't understand. Do you, he's six foot five. Not exactly like a Kyler Murray size person. I mean, damn. You know what? Impressive. And then, you know, <laughs> above all of those, the best probably quarter, backup quarterback performance of the week, uh, Kyle Allen made the Panthers look like the team we thought they were. Dude. At least the team I thought they were. He threw for four touchdowns in a win over the Cardinals. That's as many touchdowns as as Newton Cam had Newton in the had. First couple of games, yep. right? Yep. So you know, I ask you, you know, we ask each other in this moment: Is there a chance that we have a Drew Bledsoe situation on our hands with one of these guys? Yeah, I think a Kyle Allen for sure. Yeah, I think I think Cam Newton's time in uh, Carolina is over. I've been saying this for a while. Uh, outside of his, you know, personality conflicts that he has had with media down there, um, I, I just I think it's a tired situation for him. I think he's frustrated. I have I have faith in Ron Rivera. The reason the reason that Kyle Allen has been doing so well is because again, a same situation like in Buffalo, Sean McDermott has the foundations of a future franchise that is that is staked in winning and I think Ron Rivera there's a reason that Kyle Allen is is set up for success and that's because of his head coach I like what he's doing down there I like that he sticks to fucking football you know um I think there was I'm trying to find this quote and I can't really find it anywhere but there was a quote that was all over social media where someone asked why Kyle Allen didn't dress up for the occasion of a post-game press conference. He said, I'm here to play fucking football. I'm not here to play grandma's dress-up. And I was like, you know what? You make a fan out of me right here. Yeah. Um, sticking to football, uh, still, Christian McCaffrey, one of the best running backs, multi-purpose running backs in the NFL. Absolutely. He's unbelievable how fast he is. Um, they're wide receivers down there. I, I have I have faith in that Kyle Allen can can take over, uh, you know, to, can take over permanently for the Carolina Panthers. Outside of those, I, I mean, I'm a big fan of Teddy Bridgewater. I know that his numbers didn't necessarily back up how good he played. I think it was more of a team game. I don't even think he eclipsed 200 passing yards on the day. Maybe just over. Maybe just was, over. He was efficient. Yeah, he's efficient. I think that there's clearly a, no, a lot of other moving pieces in Alvin Kamara in that offense and Mike Michael Thomas. My 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 bet is on on Kyle Allen um, ending Cam Newton's day because listen, if this quarterback in Mr. Diva Cam Newton can't take the podium after he loses a Super Bowl to the Denver Broncos a few years ago because he's so pissed that he lost and has the worst gamemanship of anyone that I've ever seen, of any athlete in professional sports. Because that's just who he is, and that's how I feel, because I just think he's a jerk. He's not going to like the comparisons to this. He's going to read everything, and he's going to tap out and want to um, demand a trade like the rest of them. I don't know. I mean, I don't think I don't think it'll come to him demanding a trade. I, I do I'm think, not saying it's going to come to that. that I, think, like, I think he's going to have a bad attitude about well, it. Well, I mean, I, th this is the problem, is Cam Newton at his best 
is one of the most dynamic, electric, special players I've ever watched play football. Yep. He has been hurt for a while now, and he is not he's not even 50%, let alone the 70 or 80% he would need to come in and start. Yeah. So the fact of the matter is, you know, he's got a Liz Frank injury. That usually requires surgery. I don't know if he's going to try to, you know, get over it without surgery. But I, there is a strong chance here, and it's stronger than, you know, anywhere else, that Kyle Allen steps in, plays well. Let's say they rattle off three, four, five wins here Yeah. all of a sudden, okay? You're not bringing Cam Newton back before he's 100%. No. And he's not going to be in 2019. So, you know, let's say Kyle Allen gets this team to a place where they're in playoff contention or they make the playoffs. And and we're seeing the future with this undrafted guy who's worked his ass off to, to get this opportunity. He's making the most of it. That is classic Drew Bledsoe. Yeah. I mean, the fact of the matter is no team is going to turn their back on a guy who got them to the playoffs starting in week three for a a player like Cam Newton who can't is not first of all isn't healthy and hasn't been able to put the pass and the run together at the same time since tw- the 2015 season it also, just doesn't make any also sense also remember in the off season too didn't he he did this whole reworking of his passing arm and his passing angle and that was like the big narrative going into the season was like oh we can't see we can't wait to see this new throwing motion from cam newton well he's been working on that since last year i mean his last year was by far his most i mean his completion percentage was way up he was actually starting to really get it together but you can't fix injured and he is a big guy if he can't move and he can't do what he does he's he's no good to anybody and you know, you don't t- you don't let a guy like Kyle Allen come in and let your see the way your offense is clicking. Like you said, get Christian McCaffrey going again. Let that defense do their job. We saw what they did against Kyler Murray with the support of the offense. All of a sudden, that team had become what we thought it could be. And and Cam Newton's on the sidelines, and this is that's the nightmare if you're Cam. And I just see this as a situation where at the end of the season they have a tough decision to make. And if and you always. You can never use too much of your heart when you when it comes to this because whether we like it or not, Cam Newton is beloved in North Carolina. Yeah. He does a lot in the community. For whatever reason, they have become incredibly attached to him, and I understand that. He got them to a Super Bowl. He's been an MVP. But Ron Rivera is going to have a very difficult decision to make if Kyle Allen gets this team to the playoffs, and the fact of the matter is it, the only right answer in that situation is to stick with Allen and move on from Cam Newton. So... A hundred percent, we could be looking at a future Super Bowl champion taking over for a former Super Bowl contender, and it would mirror that that situation so perfectly. I'm really excited to see what he does, and I would honestly be excited to see what Cam Newton could do with another team healthier. A hundred percent. Did we not just talk about this? The most, the second highest win total of any quarterback since 2001. Drew Bledsoe won 14 games in Buffalo. So right. I mean. Cam Newton's career is far from over. Right. You know, I mean, it's just going to have to be in another franchise. I mean, I think about Cam Newton in in Minnesota or Chicago, and I mean, geez, I mean that's an upgrade. A healthy Cam Newton is upgrade over over Kirk Cousins. It's an upgrade over Mitch Trubisky. So you know, all of a sudden, we're starting to look at maybe the second half of this guy's career, and that would be great. Um, you know, t- I could take or leave some of his shenanigans and some of his pettiness, as you mentioned. Um, but as a as a pure football fan, that would be awesome to see. Uh, we will, you know, we'll see how this, this, it'll be fun to listen back to this part of the podcast in like five or six weeks and see how much of this has played out. So I'm looking forward to it. Courtney. Yes. We both decided on the same gimmick and rant today. Yeah. Well, I mean, gimmicks and rants was left blank and 
We both just kind of sat here and had a thought or a we conversation. Riffed. We riffed. We riffed. We gimmick. We rant. <laughs> we um, gimmicked and we ranted. We gimmicked and we ranted. And we decided that um, the media's hubbub over Bill Belichick, I don't even want to go there. Antonio Brown is mentally ill. Bill Belichick, clearly sick and tired of hearing nonstop Antonio Brown talk for the 11 days that he was in that building, pestered by questions from news outlets. I mean, that's that's like a different type of bill. When 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 the actual when the when the news media come in and they start asking questions, that's when you start getting Bill very pissed off. So sure. Dana Jacobson doing her job for CBS, asking Bill a pregame question about, hey, I have to ask you about Antonio Brown. He gives her the retort, we're on to the New York Jets. And then he gives her like the stare down, like the mm. You know? Yeah, she said she basically said thank you, coach. And thank you, coach. He was just kind of stomping his feet a little bit, like yeah. enough. You know, doesn't everyone know not to ask me these questions? Yeah, I mean, I will say this. So I was always against the way Belichick handled this interview. It had nothing to do with Dana being female, and and it, for the record, Dana Jacobson came out and said, "I have no problem with the way that it went down. I knew that he didn't want to be asked about it. I had to do my job. He did his." We're moving on. I'm getting married this weekend. Bye, guys. And it was great. She handled it perfectly. My problem with this is is less about the fact that I was surprised Bill did it, because of course I wasn't. This is how he always acts. I'm just starting to get tired of the act. Yeah. He is a big do-your-job guy. Oh, it's a business. Football is a business. We work our, we, If we do our jobs, that's when we succeed. And it's a reporter's job to ask you, when you have one of the most f- f- insane NFL stories that we've had over the last couple of years. You sign this guy. It's 11 days of total mayhem. And then he's cut. She, it's her job to ask you about it. And the sort of like, I can't believe you asked me this stare down. I'm going to make sure that I show my superiority to this reporter. It had nothing to do with her gender. It had everything to do with the fact that Bill Belichick's act is getting tired. And I'm, t- I'm, I'm starting to get a little tired. It, it's one thing to be vague with your play with your game plans it's one thing to be vague about what's going on in your locker room all that stuff but to be pissed that someone's asking the question they must ask in order for them to maintain credibility in their job is like dude you just man up grab like pull yourself up by your bootstraps take the question and walk away you don't have to be here's i i see it over it i see it differently i get it um this situation i think just came out of in a mind of its own. I mean, apparently it was non-stop in New England. I think everyone was sick and tired of hearing about it. One of my favorite quotes of the week was that someone asked Dante Scarnacchio what he thought about Antonio Brown. Okay. And Dante goes, <laughs> I don't know. I coached the offensive line. Like, literally that paints the perfect picture of what the hell happened in New England during those 11 days. It was nonstop. Like, even Scar, like, what, a 75-year-old man can't even avoid the questions? Yeah, everyone's sick of it. But, like, I don't... Here's the thing, like, you know, in, in the history of anyone that you can compare to Bill Belichick that acts the same way and throws the same fits, it's the same shtick, is who? Greg Popovich, Okay. Greg Popovich still has these issues where he pops up on social media every once in a while. 
you know, he's been a lot nicer over the last couple of years, especially, you know, the passing of Craig Sager, beloved NBA sideline reporter, really got to him. Um, well, Bill Belichick has showed that kind of empathy. Oh, no, 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 but that's what well. I'm saying. Yeah. I think that's when Craig Sager passed away and, you know, and, and it should really, really, really hit Greg Popovich very hard. He started to become a little nicer to reporters, but he that's still his shtick, you know? Bill's not going to give up his shtick of being an asshole, you know? And my take on all of this is that, like, if, if Dana was covering the locker room every day, I think he would treat her differently. But he doesn't. And Matt, no, I think I've, he I would. Mean, he, he's done the same thing to Phil Curry and Tom Curry. I think he would. No, I'm telling you, not, he doesn't. But I, I your I, opinion is wrong because he doesn't. No, he does. Like, no, he doesn't. I, I've watched him do it to like I. Yeah, because those he's, guys because are that's asking that's the same in, questions in the heat of the moment. You know what I'm saying? This is on national time. I just well, I mean, I don't. They don't have guys in the just, room that are asking listen, questions. I don't – enough of – my my take is, yeah, I agree. This is getting a little tired. Bill's not going to give up his shtick. No. I don't I don't want him to give up that character of him because that's a part of his personality. Sure. I mean, Fuck yeah. it. If it was me, I'd be like badge of honor. Yes. And he, and he does wear, like, a badge of honor. And to some extent, you're right. Like, it's, it's not going to change. His personality's not going to change just because of Antonio Brown. I think that comparing it – I mean, listen. I just want everyone like, to stop being like – Oh, he's harassing Listen, female reporters. No, I don't, I don't think that that's ever I just, what it that's what I hear. People yeah, that, go that's nuts not, that's over ridiculous. that. That's ridiculous. And that was not it's what not it was. Exactly. If you think that's what it was, you don't then understand you're just Belichick. An idiot. And you don't understand Dana Jacobson. So, do you, you know, lay off. Obviously, if that's what you think it was, you're not paying attention. Well, the fact of the matter is, asking Dante Skarnacki about Antonio Brown is bad reporting. And I don't, I, t- that is the difference to me, is like, you're going to ask the offensive line coach about Antonio Brown when you know very well if you're on that beat that he probably said four words to Antonio Brown, if that many. That's bad reporting, and that's being bad at your job. And I'll say that flat out. I don't know who asked the question, but it was stupid, and I, I know it was bad reporting. What Dana did wasn't bad reporting, so I'm, I tend to just be like, listen, coach, if you want to be a salty dick, no one's ever going to stop you. You have a four million Super Bowl rings. He can get away with anything. For me personally... As a Patriots fan, someone who's watching this and covering this stuff all the time, I'm just tired. It's not fun for me sometimes. No, exactly. And I think that's the difference is like, it doesn't need to be, like, I'm not I'm not like some of the guys that are on social media all the time being like, whoa, why, what do we expect from Belichick, everybody? It's like, well, I'm just tired of it. I don't, I, I don't think he's going to change and I don't expect it to. And it certainly doesn't make me think that, like, he has to, like, start, owes us a bunch of answers about things he's not going to give us answers on, especially if we're not asking the same questions to John Gruden and the same questions to Mike Tomlin that they're asking Bill Belichick. To some extent, the media has treated the Patriots unfairly in this situation purely by assuming that they're the only team that owes answers. I just am tired of his angry eye rolls when it's just like, all oh, she's she let it go. You answered the questions. She said thank you. Just walk away. Like, the priming, and it just it's almost like you have – so many rings, like this is beneath you. Just walk away, and that's what I'm tired of. But there, you couldn't be more right in the sense that like it's not going to change, and the hemming and hawing about it at this point—that's more tired than anything. Yep, absolutely. Well, 
Wow, this is, we rolled through this one. We rolled through it. You know, we always betray ourselves a little bit on the end of this podcast where we're like, we, we critique we're our like, We're like, we're like, we're like, ah, your point sucks, my point sucks. Ah. Uh, no, no, no. You, you agree. I agree. Okay. Okay. No, no, right. But like, we always also like, where we, we tell people where we're at. We're like, well, that was it. You know, we did a lot of prep on that one. Tough day today. Like, everybody needs to know how we got through the podcast. No, I mean, but like, but we didn't really. That's what we do. Listen. I, some listen. days roll through easier than others and, and week three was good to us. So yeah. I'll week, take it. Week three was good. I'm excited for this um, showdown of the century with yeah. the Bills. Yeah, I um, actually am really excited to watch that game. So. Yeah. It's, gonna... it's actually the first Patriots game I've been, like, genuinely excited to watch since, like, the first quarter of the Steelers game when it was obvious that they they were going to destroy them. I just, I, I knew. The last two weeks have kind of sucked. I'm actually pretty excited about No, them. well, I just, I knew this game against the Jets was going to suck. You know, all my... All my idiot friends who texted me asking me for gambling advice now. All what? of a sudden, I went from I went we from being Luke Falk. I literally, I was, I was, I was. Well, because they wanted to know they covered the spread. I go oh, first cover of all, the spread. and I was okay, like, yeah. dude, like, yeah. I go, this is gonna be the week. It's not gonna happen. And sure enough, fucking Jared Stidham, fucking Gunner, fucking Gunner, and Jared Stidham <laughs> just fucked it up for everyone. And uh, you know, I listen. It's not my fault. No, it's certain. No, that was. That was actually, like, one of the more... I actually felt bad for people that gambled on that game because they didn't cover the spread. Because, yeah. like, that was actually... I knew I knew that wasn't going to happen. <laughs> Listen, the moral of the story, if you are one of my friends, you're asking me for advice, take my advice because I was right about every... I made some kid $800 on Sunday. Fantastic. Yeah, If, I know. if you want to make me $800, just let me know. I know. I mean... I guess I'll never be a gambler, so, you know... No, I won't either. I won't touch it. I, I enjoy sports for the gambling. pure delight. I hate gambling. I hate it. I hate it Have you ever so been much. around the... You, you, I'm sure you have. The the fans who, like, they only watch sports because they've gambled on the sports. It's the worst way to watch a game with someone. It's it's they the same shit as fantasy football. I hate fantasy football. I'm it's sorry. I'm awful. putting zero effort into my fantasy team because it's just like, I don't... I just, I don't care. I don't care. It's like, you have no real, control over real it. people who know football watch football because they know X's and O's and yeah. not... Because of anything else. Absolutely. So, all right. I was going to rip into someone else, but I no, just, I don't, let's, no. Let's let's keep our ripping purely. I, I just think, I just don't, I'm, I'm too tired for this shit. Listen, I, the last thing I'm going to say is that, like, I'm not a piece of meat. Don't treat me like one. Yep. Yeah, we're not, we're all done with the LA bros. I'm think. so done with these LA dudes. Yeah. Like, I'm like, hey, I'm, we're friends, and you just like, I, I no, you know, I'm it's, not a, a piece of meat. Nope. It's, I'm just, I'm sick of it. Like, what do I look like? I mean, I, I, do you want that answer? I mean, I mean, I don't know. But like, <laughs> I don't, I'm so tired of it. So rude. This Disrespectful. Is, this is an announcement to the, to the jokers to the, in LA. Yeah, you jokers. Like, don't Back play me. Just like, leave me alone. Back up. Sorry. I've got my own stuff to deal with. Yeah, we've got, we've got way more. We've got lines to be covered we've got spreads to pay attention to yeah and we have the but the great and powerful buffalo bills to focus on so yeah exactly back off go pretend you're rams fans for Skip. for three minutes give me a get reward hey, me tell, for getting tell me my more about how kobe's underrated let's let's hear oh more. my like, god those like, kobe the bleacher report report yeah. oh my god this has really devolved into just in LA. Kobe. hey but also we love la okay all right guys S- goodbye Patriots, Bills, well, check Patriots, Bills, Patriots, Bills, balling on a budget. <laughs>
We'll check it out. We'll do the dildo count next week. How many dildos are going to get thrown in the field? Over. Okay, let's do it real quick before. Over under. Over under. Four. You think it's set at four? Four. Ooh, okay. Oh, 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 oh. I think it's going to hit the line. I think it's going to be four. I think I'm going to take the under only because I think that after the first one or two, maybe the, maybe they start like going through the crowd. Dildo checks. I don't dildo, know. Dildo, they're going to do. You think, you think that they're going to. checks. I think the Bills fans are going to have extra dildos to bring onto the field. All right. The I don't know. Listen. Four people. You guys take, you make the prop bets. Tweet at us. Let yeah. us know what you think. Courtney's taking Over the Over under four dildos. <laughs> That's where we're setting it, people. Let us know. All right. Bye. See ya. Adios.